This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, we're drafting the best athletes in movies or TV shows in this week's Out of the Box Draft. Our questions and answers cover our opinions on the NBA play-in, the NBA wildcard, as well as the Tampa Bay Rays possible relocation. And Dylan and I start the rankings of the top 25 players in the NBA, starting with numbers 25 through 16. This Week in Sports covers a review and preview of the Lions and Cardinals from the last week, as well as our picks for this week's college football games. Jesperson here. I have to welcome myself back. I'm sorry to have missed last week, but I'm thankful we can get someone like our coworker, like Colby, to step in at a moment's notice for us. Also thankful to have a wonderful co-host like my man Dylan Holt, who can step in with a new co-host at any time and not miss a beat, deliver a great show. Uh, Dylan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. I feel like, um, and I said it right when we hopped on the Zoom, I said I feel like Texas after that, uh, I believe it was a, the I don't know what bowl it was. They beat Georgia, and Sam Ellinger sat there. He said, we're back. We're not Texas football, but it's the Dylan and Dylan show. We're back after a week hiatus. It was Dylan and Colby. Very fun show. Had a ton of fun uh, talking all kinds of the wackiness in sports is kind of what me and uh, me and Colby talked about last week. Um, it's been a great week. Got to go to a Nissan Stadium, watch the Titans play the Colts last Sunday, which was very, very cool. First Titans game I'd been to since a freshman uh, since I was a freshman in high school. Um, and then the Cardinals have just been awesome. The streak ended last night uh, at 17 games, but historic streak. Uh, hopefully a new one started today with the afternoon victory over the Brewers, took two of three, and uh, we'll inch closer to the playoffs and talk about that later in the show. But excited for another great edition of the Dylan and Dylan Show. Yeah, uh, it was a very familiar week for my teams as well. Uh, Michigan struggling to to get a, 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 a what should have been a pretty easy win it looked like was going to be an easy win struggling but getting it done uh the lions finding just another way to to lose a football game i don't think the i didn't think there was another way to to do it but the lions will always figure out another way we'll talk about that later in the show uh but yeah it was a it was a pretty standard week from from all of my teams around the board we'll get into that later uh it's a pleasure to be back with you. Thanks again to Colby for filling in for me last week. A uh, quick reminder to everyone to follow the Tunnel Vision Sports Pod, uh, Tunnel Vision Sports Network on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That way you never miss an upload of any of our fine shows. I miss being a part of every part of last week, but I missed my opportunity to get my draft fill in for the week. So I'm excited to get going with our out-of-the-box draft for this week. Our topic and our rosters this week will feature the best athletes from all the movies and TV shows about sports ever made. Uh, an example, without giving too many away, would be someone like Booby Miles from the Friday Night Lights uh, category. That's a great example of what we're going for. So fictional athletes uh, within sports, TV shows, or movies. A ton of fun opportunities for this draft. We're going to jump right into it with the coin toss. You know what I'm picking. Yeah. Tales never fails, even though Colby, Colby didn't have the... 
didn't have the luck last week either. I can't make this up. This is that a, is Abe Lincoln. It, I think this is just like a false coin at this point. Is, I mean, there's. Uh, I think that's like six. I think that's. I'm like, a sports guy, yeah. not a politics guy. That's one of those monuments in Washington. <laughs> it's one of them. I promise. Abe Lincoln's there. I'll probably look real stupid. It's my good old West Kentucky education. Um, I'll take two and three. I'll give you pick one. Okay. Welcome back, present. All right. So with pick one, uh, my mind went a few different directions when this topic came for came to my mind. But uh, as soon as the TV show Blue Mountain State popped into my mind, I knew where my first pick was going. Uh, I have to take Thad Castle. Blue Mountain State is my number one pick. He just embodies everything you want in like a football character in one of the best football shows of all time. Uh, just the, the d- big dumb linebacker that is just so talented, but so funny at the same time. Uh when I when I think about like my high school to college days, I spent so much time watching Blue Mountain State. Uh, and I if I'm gonna, I, I gotta get one of the players from that show. I'll take you know the most iconic one in Thad Castle uh, from the TV show. The movie is a little bit you know out there. It was a couple of years after the fact, but Blue Mountain State uh, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, if I can get Thad Castle with the first pick, I'll take him. I'll throw it to you for your, the second and third picks this week. I really like that Thad Castle pick. Blue Mountain State is an absolute classic. Um, you went more to your college era of shows or movies. I'm going to throw it back to childhood. And with my first pick, I'm going to get a versatile um, character or athlete. I'm going with the one and only Air Bud. Um, he does it all. I, I think you can kind of leave it at that. It's uh, the joke, uh, not the joke, the saying always has been Bo knows. Air Bud knows, and he knows it all. Uh, he has all the titles. He played basketball. He played baseball, played football, did it all. I think Airbud could have been James Bond if he wanted to. And that goes out of the world of sports. Um, I, I'm very happy to have Airbud as my first pick. And then uh, joining Airbud on team Holt, I'm going to go with uh, a guy uh, that has many iconic roles. Um, and this one is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Will Ferrell as Jackie Moon in semi-pro. Uh, absolutely love that movie. That's more middle school, high school, even into college. I've, I've watched that movie so many times. Jackie Moon's the man. I've always wanted to get the jersey, never have. The Flint Tropics jersey's iconic. Um, and J- Will Ferrell as Jackie Moon is hilarious. He's also, like, good at basketball when it seems like he should just be Will Ferrell being funny. Uh, great movie, great character, and I'm very excited to have him along with Air Bud. And I'll throw it to you for your next two picks. Awesome two picks. Uh, the Flint Tropics is like an interesting one for, you know, people that live in Michigan because it just has like a it doesn't really reference, you know, Flint is obviously in Michigan, but like it's it's so loosely it's still just like, you know, its own thing in that movie. Uh, and it's but it's a great movie everyone loves it so uh, awesome two picks Air Bud obviously I can't go wrong with that one I'm also going to go with a, a bit of a versatile uh, versatile character and you may not think this is a, as a sports movie uh, probably don't actually but uh, if you looked at this for just you know you just tuned in for a couple couple of instances maybe about 30 seconds uh, you could be convinced that it's just a story about the best athlete of all time and I'm talking about Forrest Gump Forrest Gump is maybe the best athlete in the non-sports movie of all time. Forrest Gump 
was not only a return man for the University of Alabama, not only a ping pong player for the U- the U.S. Olympic team, but then all of a sudden decided to just start running across the country uh, for about three years without stopping, uh, just just to eat and sleep. That's it. That's all he was doing. And to have that kind of endurance, uh, he might have just been the best distance runner ever, and we they would never have known it just because he, he's not going to go out and monetize something like that, but. Forrest Gump is maybe the most versatile athlete that you can get without even being in a sports movie. So I'm I'm happy to have Forrest Gump uh, with my second pick. And with my third pick, I'm going with a movie that I actually haven't seen, but I've seen at least the highlights of it. And I know uh, the actor is probably my favorite. uh, It's my favorite way of, of, of doing a sports movie. And I'm talking Jesus Shuttlesworth. He got game because he was played by Ray Allen. Uh, and you mix the real life talent of Ray Allen. Uh, and it's basically the dramatized story of Stephen Marbury's life go- growing up is what uh, Spike Lee tried to do with that movie. So um, as all, all you got to do is look up Jesus Shuttlesworth on YouTube. You'll get some some clips of Ray Allen doing some things and you're like, OK, this is a next level type of sports movie. Uh, and Jesus Shuttlesworth, may, Ray Allen made Jesus Shuttlesworth who he is. But also you take that name. And it's, it's just it's all perfect. So uh, I'll take both of those guys, solid picks. I'll put them on my roster. I'll throw it to you for your final two picks. So I'm really glad you brought up Jesus Shuttlesworth because I have seen He Got Game. I saw, I didn't see it until it would have been like the first month when quarantine started. And it was at the point where I was very bored. I had watched all the things I wanted to watch. And I was kind of scrolling through HBO. And it popped up He Got Game. And I'd always heard of it because of Ray Allen mentioning it so much. I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Fantastic movie from Ray Allen and Spike Lee. Great movie. Highly recommend it uh, if you're a sports fan or you just like a good flick. It's it's very, very good. Uh, Ray Allen and Denzel and then Spike Lee directing. Fantastic. Um, and I, I had Jesus Shuttlesworth on my list as well. Um, but for my last two picks, I am going to go first uh, with my third pick. I'm going to go with a linebacker from Louisiana, Bobby Boucher from the Waterboy. Uh, kind of in the same vein as uh, Will Ferrell playing Jackie Moon. Absolutely hilarious in the Waterboy. An iconic role uh, that when you think of Adam Sandler, he has so many iconic roles. The Waterboy being Bobby Boucher is right up there with any of them. Uh, 10 out of 10 movie in my books. I've always loved it. Uh, and he can just play some football. And it's just one of those growing up in – the southern region of the United States. It's kind of just an iconic movie. Everyone thinks of college football so big here. Um, but yeah, Bobby Boucher, uh, always big time uh, when I think of uh, sports characters and great athletes in sports movies. Um, with my fourth and final pick, this is a tough one. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, just an iconic one. I'm going to go with Rocky. It's hard it's hard not to go with Rocky. He's the, he's kind of the goat of uh, sports characters in movies. I mean, Rocky one alone is just an iconic movie. And then you've got now like seven movies. If you count the creeds, the re the re-releasing Rocky four to add 40 minutes. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is fantastic. It's the, it's the underdog story that everybody loves uh, him taking on Apollo Creed, taking on Ivan Drago and just being Rocky fighting back having the spirit of Philadelphia, the Italian stallion. Uh, very, very happy to get Rocky with my final pick because he he is definitely one of the GOAT uh, sports movie characters. Really happy to get both Bobby and Rocky, though. 
yeah. I'll throw it to you for your last pick. Rocky is probably going to be the only one on both our lists that has a, a statue, really a fictional character that has a statue in Philadelphia. Uh, that, that's that's saying something about your character. It, definitely a solid pick there. I love those picks. Uh, for my final pick, I'm actually going to throw a, a little bit of a an audible because I, I, I was thinking about going one way, but I'm going to go another way. Uh, you've inspired me with your your or, um, your Will Ferrell take uh, of Jackie Moon. I'm going to go to a different Will Ferrell athlete character. I'm going with Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Uh, you might not think NASCAR is a sport. But it, it, it for sure is. My my dad was a huge NASCAR fan growing up. I was always going to races uh, at Michigan International Speedway every year uh, growing up. And, and Ricky Bobby, uh, not only is it a really funny movie, but he's one of the most dominant racers of all time. Uh, he All he did was win. And if you weren't first, you were last. And, and he lived up to that for, for a good portion of that movie. So uh, I, I think maybe... Maybe my favorite Will Ferrell role, other than in Step Brothers, but uh, in terms of an athlete role, uh, if I can take Will Ferrell in one of those spots, I'll take him there with Ricky Bobby at Talladega Nights. Uh, so that'll round out my list. I got Ricky Bobby, Jesus Shuttlesworth, Forrest Gump, and Thad Castle. Uh, what was your list looking like? So I had Air Bud, Jackie Moon, um, Bobby Boucher, and Rocky. And I'm really happy you picked Ricky Bobby because I was really close to picking him. It was between him and Jackie Moon. And I had the same argument. People were like, ah, NASCAR, Talladega Nights, it's just a, a goofy movie. No, NASCAR is a sport. And I remember sitting in uh, Sportscom, uh, I think it was 253 at Murray State, and Dr. Gessler would argue with anyone in the world and tell you that NASCAR is a sport. And I would follow Dr. Gessler to the pits of hell. So if Dr. Gessler says it, I'll say it too. Ricky Bobby fantastic athlete um did you have any alternates i'm sure you did because this there's so many great names out there yeah absolutely i I pulled an audible at the end i had benny the jet rodriguez from the sandlot as my fourth one uh i just thought ricky bobby was just a little bit more uh it might be a little bit more eye eye catching it you got a will ferrell on yours i'll have a will ferrell on mine so it'll be a little bit like even out but uh benny the jet rodriguez uh obviously ended up making it to the dodgers uh at at the end of that movie Uh, i also had will smith fresh prince of bel-air that that one episode where he plays basketball for for bel-air high school i actually have that jersey uh similar to the Flint Tropics jersey is kind of taken on like a a life of its own uh but he was dominant in that episode go back and watch it yeah you can look it up on YouTube it's only like a three minute clip of him just dunking on a bunch of kids that are about uh like six inches seven inches smaller than him and it's a lot of fun to watch um and yeah I think I think that was it other than other than uh Benny the Jet Rodriguez and then I had Ricky Bobby down uh what about you what for alternates so one just popped in my head that I'm very upset. I did not think of and have on my list. Calvin Cambridge from Like Mike. Like Mike, when we talked about just sports movies, Like Mike was on my list because I love that movie. I did not even think about Calvin Cambridge. He dominated the NBA and he was like four foot nothing and he was just a little bow wow in a LA Knights jersey. Uh, so put him at the top. I am so sorry, little bow wow. You should have been here. So sorry to Calvin Cambridge. The other one's Benny the Jet Rodriguez is on there. Uh, Daniel LaRusso from The Karate Kid, Happy Gilmore. I'm just going to read them all off because I made a big list. Uh, Happy Gilmore, Ricky Bobby, Jesus Shuttlesworth, Adonis Creed, uh, J.D. McCoy from Friday Night Lights, the show. Everybody hates him. I love him. He was the best quarterback on that show, in my opinion. He was really, really good. Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights, the show. 
Billy Bob from uh, Varsity Blues, Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights, and Jason Street from Friday Night Lights. As you can tell, I love Friday Night Lights. A lot of characters came to mind. Uh, no disrespect to Matt Saracen, but he didn't make my list. I was always a J.D. McCoy and Jason Street guy. <laughs> awesome stuff there. I love it. Love it as always. You guys can stay tuned to our social media pages, and uh, you, you can help us decide who drafted the better lineup there. Uh, we'll get those up there as soon as possible. We will move on to the questions and answers portion of the show. Uh, I, I will start us off uh, at the very beginning of our show. We talked about uh, the possibility of the Oakland A's moving out of Oakland. Uh, and that was a much less surprising development at the time when we talked about it. Cause it was like, you know, Oakland was kind of, they've been bargaining over that stadium for, for a lot longer. Uh, then no news broke over the weekend about the Rays and their future plans to split time between Tampa Bay and Montreal uh, for the next couple of seasons. Uh, half the time, half of the season in Tampa and half the season in Montreal, one of a kind type situation. And it kind of just seems like that's, you know, they've been arguing over getting a new stadium uh, to replace Tropicana because it really doesn't work as a baseball stadium because Baseballs get lost in the roof and all a whole ton of problems with Tropicana field. They need a new stadium and it doesn't seem like the taxpayers are going to pay for a new stadium. And it does seem like now this is now the answer for a very good baseball team in the Tampa Bay Rays, just in the world series about to win another division title, uh, possibly going to be really talented for years to come. That minor league system is really talented and yet they might still be moving to Montreal now. That seems to be the direction. So my question is, would you like to see this Tampa Bay-Montreal situation work out where they could do this one-of-a-kind type half in one city, half another, where you're basically a two-city team uh, and a two-country team? Would you rather see the race stay in Florida and get a new stadium, or would you rather see them leave and go to Montreal? I'll throw it to you, but that's my question. I want the Rays to get out of Tampa. They deserve so much better. That Baseball is such a beautiful sport. And I've got to see it a lot in the last couple of weeks because the Cardinals have played so good. And I have to plug that in whenever I can. And the Rays have been playing good for years now. They've been incredible. And their, the future looks just as bright as it did yesterday, last year. <laughs> yesterday, that's stupid. Um the future looks very bright for the Rays, and I think they they deserve better than Tropicana Field. They deserve better than how they've been treated in Tampa. Uh, my solution would be go to Nashville. Nashville is a city on fire for sports. They love the Titans. They love Nashville Soccer Club. Uh, that don't look at Vanderbilt. That doesn't count. Vanderbilt's its own entity. Um, but if the options are Tampa or Montreal, go to Montreal. I think that would be so cool. That would give the AL East. The AL East is already stacked. The AL East is awesome. You've got a young Rays team, the Montreal Rays, I guess. If they became the Expos, it'd be a lot cooler. But the Montreal Rays, we'll, we'll go with that. And then you've got the Toronto Blue Jays. you got the two Canada teams. That rivalry instantly becomes more intense because it's they're both Canadian teams from the Great White North. And I I feel like Montreal's probably clamoring. I'm, I don't have a heartbeat, a thumb print on Montreal, how they're feeling about bringing baseball back. I feel like they'd be pretty pumped up after losing the, the Expos. Um, I think it'd be really neat. I, I just think uh, maybe it would wake up the Tampa fans because they have a lot of good things going. I just They don't treat the Rays right, and they should. They've got the Super Bowl champion Stanley Cup. 
The Rays just went to the World Series. They deserve better, and they're not getting it. They got a freaking star in Wander Franco. They, I don't know that that franchise deserves a lot better than what than how they're treated. Yeah. What do you think they should do? Yeah, I mean, every time I turn it, tune into a Rays game, it just is like always shocking to see that it's like a tenth of the way filled. Like the Tropicana Field's only like got like a few thousand people there because they're always they've always been good. I don't remember a time where they've really been that bad much less you know they're usually always competing for the playoffs and and you know even now you know they're getting so much better and we talk about it you know Wander Franco's giving them what they thought he was going to be they've got even more in the minor leagues that's that's getting ready to come up and yet still it, it seems like they have a tough time selling tickets which is just like such a hard thing to like wrap your head around when you're ba- when you're a baseball fan um I see, you know, there's a few, like, I, I hate, I hate the owners when they, when they basically hold cities hostage and, and say, you know, I need to, we need to get taxpayer money to pay for uh, a, a stadium, you know, yes, you need a new stadium, but the, the, the people of Tampa Bay, the people of Florida don't need to pay for it. Um, however, I do think, you know, if there's not the interest in a baseball team like that, you've, you've seen, you know, the talent level that they can bring if there's no interest for it i'm sure montreal would love to have that team back and you know that expos team wasn't you know wasn't losing fans at the time when they when they left uh for washington so uh i think montreal is, is a city that's always rumored when these expansions type type moves start to happen uh and i think it would just make sense if the rays you get you you take the rays of a pretty successful pretty like on the up franchise put them in montreal uh like you said next to a toronto that's on the same kind of trajectory you almost instantly make a rivalry that uh, that, uh, just makes sense in that way so i i I think it would be interesting you know i i obviously the players, I, I don't think the, the Tampa Bay Montreal situation would work just because the players are not going to want to live in two places for uh, two times of the year. Uh, I just think it would be really interesting to see how that would work, though. Like, uh, there's a there's a Florida, there's the Florida Rays, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, and then there's the Montreal Rays. Uh, and they're basically shared. They're both those teams. And then if they ended up going on to win the World Series, it's like you had two cities that won the World Series in, in one year. So I think that's interesting. I think it, 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 it'll it be interesting to, to see how it works out once it does, once that happens, because that sounds like that's the more probable thing right now that's going to happen. But uh, I think, you know, the it sounds like they're moving to Montreal and I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not opposed to that. I I just kind of want to see what happens because like you said, the Rays do deserve better. They've been really good uh, ever since, ever since dropping the devil in the devil Rays. You know, I, I was against that. I was against that at the time, but ever since that happened, I don't know what's been, the Rays have been very, very good ever since they've done that. They've been awesome. And just think about the great players that have put on their uniform. And I mean, I don't want to list them because I mean, you got like Evan Longoria, David Price, and I'm just leaving it there because it literally just goes on and on. And they haven't, they haven't won a World Series, and they should have in the last decade or so. And that just doesn't seem right with all the things they've been able to do and how much winning they've done. Um, it's disappointing, but hey, that's baseball. It seems like for a lot of teams, uh, there's head scratching moves from everyone. Um, I'm going to kind of stick with baseball for my question. 
uh, I guess 50-50 baseball. Um, or it could go 33-33-33 if you want to bring in football to the equation. Um, we're we're in the last week of the MLB season. We're going to have the wild card game next week. We might have a game 163 in the NL West. We, we don't really know. It depends on how things shake out between the, the Dodgers and Giants. Um, so my question is, what do you think is the better one game playoff we've seen? We talked about the NBA play-in game that was added in the last two years, added in the bubble, and then they brought it back this year. Um, that playing game system, which we've seen, got to see my Memphis Grizzlies thrive in uh, 50% of the time, or we've got the wild card system slash game 163 in baseball, or I guess, I mean, the NFL playoffs is a one game playoff at all times. So I don't really know that we want to bring that into the equation, but do you think one is better than the other or both great? I don't know. I just want your thoughts as we get closer to it. And I've got my, my darling St. Louis Cardinals playing in, uh, the play, the play in wild card game next week yeah but when i when we talked about the play-in tournament back a a few months ago i likened it and said you know this kind of seems like adam silver has taken a page out of the out of the baseball realm because baseball trimmed down their wild card system from like what the best of five series down to that one game playoff to get in and and well we still get the best of five after that but that one game playoff it makes for one game to mean a lot more and it just seems like a no brainer now for leagues to start doing that, to, to make that one, one game playoff uh, make, make it mean so much more. And and that's, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, you know, the MLB has given us a little bit more time to get used to it. Uh, so there's a little bit more of the, you know, there's there's more moments that we can relate to the the one game playoffs in the MLB right now. So it's a little bit of the bias that I have. Uh, the the playing game and the play in tournament you might want to call it in the NBA is is only about a year old, two years old if you count the 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 bubble stuff. But that that even that was weird. So uh, I think you know just if on my first reaction I was like you know. I think the baseball has a little bit more history in my mind. Uh, it's been around a little bit longer, um, but I want to see, I, I, I reserve my right to change my, my judgment on that. If we get into one of those situations where, uh, you know, that, that first game, they, you know, because basketball, it hasn't played out all of the situations yet. We basically saw chalk on what was going to happen. I want to see like the drop, the dramatic part of the NBA play in tournament and, and see how that stacks up to a one game playoff in baseball, because I think that could be really intense and, and draw a lot of basketball fans in and, and maybe be better than the baseball game. But we basically saw, you know, what we thought was going to happen last year in the NBA playoffs. So I think right now it's it's baseball just because it's given us more like of the dramatic type games that we were looking for. But I think basketball has the potential to give us more of those types of moments in the future. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, um, I think it's baseball because you're not going to get a situation in basketball where the Dodgers, a team equivalent to the Dodgers are in the wild card and have a chance it's a one game situation and who knows Matt Scherzer might go out next week against the Cardinals and not play very good fingers crossed or Kevin Gossman for the Giants or whoever they would put out there and Adam Wainwright could throw a perfect game 
that's not going to happen in basketball. It's going to be the Grizzlies and Trailblazers or the Grizzlies and Warriors, teams scratching and clawing to get into the playoffs, whereas the Dodgers have 100 wins. And then you got the Cardinals who are scratching and clawing, and they've got hot. And you've got a situation where the Cardinals can upset this super team in L.A. or a team in the Giants that kind of came out of nowhere and has just been great all year. And all of a sudden, all of that was for nothing. And this team that got hot in September has got them out and the Cardinals are moving on to the divisional series. I don't think that – I think we could play the playing tournament in basketball for the next 60 years and we won't get a situation like that. But it's two different things. And I think both of them are very, very fun. And I've, I've been in the forefront of both of them in the last couple of years because the Cardinals like to play in the wild card a whole lot. It seems like when they're making the playoffs, they're in the wild card. And the Grizzlies played in the play-in game when it was just one game against the Trailblazers in the bubble and then played in the play-in tournament uh, this past year and got through and played the Jazz in the first round, which what a series. John Morant played good. No comment on the Grizzlies. Uh, but it's been fun. It's It, it just makes sports so much fun because everything means so much. Every play, every pitch, every shot, all of it, it just makes it so much fun. And it's hard to pick what's better, but I think I'm siding with baseball yeah. just for the fact that the Dodgers could go down next week and the Yankees could go down. And I think that's a win for everyone. And that's kind of the situation I'm rooting for because <laughs> that means the Cardinals are probably moving on. And in the AL, it'd be hopefully I'd like to see the Blue Jays go past the Yankees or however that would shake out. I, I'm not as uh, caught up on the AL wild card hand up, mm-hmm. um, but the Yankees are still – they'd still be that AL wild card, right? Uh, it's the Rays the, still have control. It's the Yankees and Boston right now. It's Boston. The Yankees and Boston uh, I'd be, would play. A Boston, a Boston, New York wild card game would be electric. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'm hoping we get that. That <laughs> would be cool. Go Red Sox. I, I want the super teams to lose, I'll be honest. I, I think, yeah, and you make a good point, uh, like – Winning that baseball wild card game, it, it's a lot different than winning the NBA play-in tournament because you're not turning yeah. around to face like the one or two seed. You're turning around. You now you you win that wild card game. Now you feel like you actually have a shot to win the World Series. Uh, yeah, not the same coming in as like the winner of the play-in tournament in the NBA. No, and it, no. you're right. It never will be. So no. definitely baseball there. I, I agree with you there. Uh, I, I guess football in that realm too, but it's its own thing. Uh, but awesome discussion. Always love the discussion. The question and answer segment gives us, we'll move on now. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about the football season as it was approaching, but now as the NBA season gets nearer and nearer to its start, we wanted to get in the mood for that as well. So starting today, we will be revealing our top 25 players in the NBA for the 2021, 2022 season. Uh, list for both me and Dylan will get you 25 through 16 this week uh, and we'll get you the next sets all the way up to uh, opening night uh, in mid-October. Uh, we'll get right into it with the 25, who you got at 25. So, I'm sorry, I'm I'm tripping over my words a little bit here, but who you got to find you're excited. I'm also excited <laughs> at 25. This might ruffle some feathers and I'm fine with it. It's a guy that I really, really like that I think I think his talent has got him there. I don't – he's done a whole lot, and I think a lot of people have hyped him up too much. 
he's he's so young. And I think he deserves I think he's the 25th best player in the league. I really do. And that is one Zion Williamson from the New Orleans Pelicans. I think 25 is a really good spot for him. I think he could be much higher by the time this season's over. I, I think if he stays healthy, he is really, really, really good. He's just got to continue to prove he's Zion Williamson and put together a good long season of that. Get the Pelicans playing good basketball. I think Jonas Valanciunas is going to help him. Jonas helped Ja a lot. Uh, I think he's going to do the same for Zion. And I really hope it because that Pelicans team could be a lot of fun. I really want them and the Grizzlies to have a fun rivalry. Uh, so, yeah, Zion at 25. Yeah, Who do you have I, at 25? I don't think that's too high at all. I've got Zion uh, I'm a bit lower on my list right now. At 25, I've got Chris Middleton. Uh, might be a bit of recency bias for that one. But Middleton, I think, with the way he played in the finals, pushed himself into that top 25 level. Uh, he's more than capable of being that number one scoring option uh, if Giannis can't be. Uh, and when he is on, it, it makes the Bucks like so much scarier than when he's off. So uh, he is kind of like the engine that makes, you know, the, the current NBA champions go. So it's tough to leave him out of the top 25. So uh, Middleton at 25, who you got at 24? I really agree. Middleton's really good. And I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. But 24, I've got uh, from the Miami Heat, big man, Bam Adebayo. Uh, I've always been high on Bam. I, I got to see Bam play against Wichita State in the NCAA tournament. It was actually right after uh, the Louisville-Michigan game, uh, Donovan Mitchell against DJ Wilson, uh, which is a very, very fun game to be in attendance for. Um, they played against Wichita State, and Bam was awesome. And I, I I always like to keep up with Kentucky basketball, being a resident of the, the Bluegrass State. And Bam, when he signed, it was like, this guy looks like Dwight Howard. Like, he's got – he was so big coming out of high school – and when he got to college, he didn't look like a, num- a normal college big man. He looked like a guy that, that had the, the size. He, he was going to be a legit NBA big man. And that's what he's been. He's, uh, he's just really good. And he's really athletic. He, he, uh, he's a good fit next to Jimmy Butler down low. And he does all the right things. He can score. Plays really good defense. Uh, it's, what, it's what Miami needs. And he, he feels a great role for him. So, yeah, Bam at 24. Really, really like Bam. Who do you got at 24? Yeah, Bam, I just – quickly bam is scary because you think about the like the kentucky big men and he doesn't probably even rank top like four in the past like 10 years and and he's still like top 25 in the league that is crazy how good deep kentucky has uh nba roots in the in the league right now uh at 24 i've got zach levine um and after that amazing season he had last year i and it's Wild to say that Zach Levine's still on the rise. I feel like he's just been like a young guy on the rise in the NBA for like eight, 10 seasons now. But last year was still his best individual season. And now the Bulls are seemingly going to be good this year. So uh, let's see if uh, it could be a big year for Levine, like to take a step forward and have that big team success. People might see him in a bigger light. I think he is going to take a big step this year. So I've got Levine at 24. Uh, we'll move on to 23. Who do you got at 23? So 23, big number in basketball. That guy, LeBron Wharton, uh, he wore it in Cleveland. He wore it in high school. Wore it in L.A. for a little bit. He's number six now. Big fan of number six, LeBron. 23, Michael Jordan. He was pretty good at basketball. Um, I'm setting that up because I really like the guy I have at 23, if you can't tell. Uh, it's the one, the only from Murray State University, rocking number twelve for the Memphis Grizzlies. Point God, Ja Morant. Um, I'm really high on Ja. If you can't tell, my former peer at Murray State, 
I think Jaws going to have a, I just continue to break out this season. Uh, he had a really, really good playoffs against a really good Utah Jazz team that plays tough defense. Uh, going against Donnie and Rudy Gobert, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, Jaw just continues to impress. Uh, and I think, I mean, the Grizzlies have just been hyping him up. And they see, they see what he's been doing in the offseason. He works so much. He's just going to continue to add 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 to his game the the all the criticisms last year was what about his shot that's how they continued to play last year he made shots against the warriors he made shots against the jazz he's gonna he's gonna get that shot down don't worry john moran at 23 just like zion i could see him shooting up this ranking by the time may uh rolls around love john Morant. go racers go grizzlies who do you have at 23 I like that pick so much. I will echo it. I've got John Morant at 23. I wanted to put him even higher than, than 23, uh, but but 23 does seem about right for Ja. Uh, and it could be even a crazier year for him if you're if the whole Memphis squad can stay healthy. Uh, a lot like Levine, I think a little bit more team success and, and his name gets elevated a lot more. I don't, you know, he's still so young, so he could even do some crazier things right now, but 23 seems about good. For John Morant, uh, we'll move on to 22. What do you get at 22? I love that pick. I just have to say it. Great minds think alike, uh, but he'll be much higher. I have no doubt. 22, I have a guy that you talked about just a little while ago from the Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Middleton. Um, again, like you said, probably a little bit of recency bias, but I'm okay with it. That We're talking about going into this season. We saw him not that long ago, and he played really, really good. Um, he helped uh, a guy that we're going to talk about in a few weeks, I'm sure both of us. Uh, get their first rings. Uh, he's really, really good. He made big shots over and over and over again. Uh, he's a killer. He's a guy that people don't like to talk about. And I think casual NBA fans, if they're like, you have Chris Middleton over John Zion, what are you thinking? That you got to pay attention. Middleton's a killer. He's an all-star for a reason. He's an NBA champion for a reason. Uh, love Chris Middleton. And honestly, looking at my list now, I probably could have put him at 21. I think, because you'll find out who 21 on my list in a little bit. And I think the 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 gap between those two players is not very big uh but that's a teaser for mine i have chris middleton 22 who do you have yep obviously love chris middleton at 22 uh a little bit lower or a little bit higher on my list but uh, you know still very solid pick at 22 i've got rudy gobert and i couldn't leave gobert outside of the top 25 just because he's consistently the best paint defender in the league uh and i like I just wrote this down. I have no idea what to make of the jazz. I don't know if they're close to a championship or if they're far away. I really don't know. I just think Rudy Gobert and his other teammate, which I will talk, who I will talk about very, very soon. Uh, I think they're all, they're very solid talents. Uh, I just don't know what the rest of their team looks like and how their championship aspirations are looking right now. They're, they're an enigma to me, but I like Rudy Gobert at 22. What do you got at? We'll move on to 21. What do you got at 21? I, I also like Rudy Gobert, and I will talk about him and a teammate of his in a little while. Uh, 21, I've got a player who I said the gap between him and Chris Middleton I don't think is very big. Uh, down in South Beach, Jimmy Butler, good old James Butler. Uh, I think Jimmy's really, really good. I've always loved Jimmy. Um, I think he does a lot of really good things. Him and Bam is a really nice duo for the Heat. But I think Jimmy's getting older, put a lot of wear on that body. But I also think we saw that last year because he had such a short offseason. I mean, we saw it with LeBron James. LeBron had games where it was like, whoa, what is this old man LeBron doing? It was it was concerning. I think that same kind of thing happened to Jimmy. I think Jimmy's kind of a good year because, I mean, it's Jimmy freaking Butler. He's a very, very good basketball player. Um, I just think maybe 
the the gap between him and Middleton. I think that's something I, I'm definitely going to watch this year because I think those are two players that are very, very close, as you can see in my rankings, 22-21. Um, but I, don't, I think Jimmy's got that killer instinct a lot like Middleton. He leads his team to a lot of really good things. Took the heat to the finals when no one expected it. When it was Tyler, Hero, and Bam as uh, the next two options, basically. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy, awesome, awesome veteran leader, veteran basketball player, a great veteran just for the NBA in general. Uh, 21 for me. Who do you have at 21? Yeah, Jimmy is, Jimmy's a tough one to, to rank, too. You could have him all the way up at 25 and all the way down at, like, 12, and I would be like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Um, at 21, I've got Rudy Gobert's teammate. I've got Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the Jazz are interesting and confusing, but I think Donovan will take a step, another step forward this year. Uh, and every – uh, as a Pistons fan, you, everyone has to understand Donovan Mitchell. I, I I root for Donovan Mitchell, but he makes the Pistons look dumb every year because we took Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell, and and, and we should have taken Donovan Mitchell. You, you hear him talk about his workouts with Detroit. He thought he was getting drafted by Detroit because he had his best workout with Detroit, and we passed on him. And now the Jazz are you know quite possibly a, an NBA Finals competitor somewhat I again I don't know what the jazz are right now they're very interesting but I like Donovan Mitchell at 21 the the jazz boys at 22 and 21 we'll move on to 20 uh who do you got cracking your top 20 uh 20 cracking my top 20 similar to my my last two picks with Jimmy and Chris Middleton a veteran I got CP3 which might seem a little bit low but I think I think 20 is a nice nice spot for Chris Paul he's getting older uh, he's still really, really good. And the thing is, 20 is really good for an NBA player in a, play, in a league with a whole lot of players. Uh, and he's he's getting up there in age, and he's doing a lot of really good things. There's players on his team, uh, team that maybe get a little bit higher than Chris, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, but Chris does a good job of leading the Suns. He's a, he's a coach on the floor. He's been that way since 2005 when he was playing for the Hornets. Uh, awesome, awesome player. One of the best point guards in the league. Uh and a very, very good uh, number 20, in my opinion. Uh, could definitely see him being higher uh, than 20, but that's where I have him coming in. So who do you have at 20? I will echo that as well. I've got CP3 at 20 as well. Uh, and like I said there's a, there's a large role for CP3 uh, on a winning team somewhere. Uh, I just think D-Book is the going to need the largest role this year. Uh, I'm not talking about him this week. I've got him on my next couple weeks, but uh, I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a large role for CP three on a winning team somewhere, even if it's not the Suns. Uh, and I still think he has a few, maybe a couple more years left in his, uh, in his, in his bag. I don't think CP three is quite done yet, or even like quite close to done yet. Uh, even though he is, he's getting up there in age, but uh, I think 20 is just about right for Chris Paul. Uh, move on to 19 into the teens. Now, who do you got at 19? So um, at 19, going to a guy you've already talked about, going to the great state of Utah, Salt Lake City, the center down there, former defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Um, I've got Rudy a little bit higher than you uh, because I, I kind of have PTSD from the Jazz. Watching Ja, uh, and we've talked so highly about Ja, watching Ja having to attack that paint and try to just – go up against Rudy Gobert and him just being a mountain down there was terrifying to watch. It's like, Ja, what are you doing? He, he's an immovable force. Um, he, he just changes the way teams have to play. Like he, uh, Jonas Valanciunas was a huge part of the Grizzlies offense all year. 
And he wasn't able to do much in that playoff series because Rudy Gobert is just so good. It took away a lot of the drives from Ja. Ja had to do more shooting, which he was able to do very good at. But it's it's just the impact Rudy has on defense. And his impact on offense is kind of slept on because he's able to he's able to slip on screens, get easy passes, easy looks, uh, which is what a good center needs to do. He's one of the best centers in the league. Very, very good duo with Donovan Mitchell, like you talked about earlier. Um, yeah, Rudy Gobert, one of the best centers in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, comes in at 19 for me. Who do you have at 19? Uh, yep, solid pick as well. Definitely love Gobert there. At 19, <clears throat> I've got Trey Young, the point guard for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I talked a lot about Trey Young during those NBA roundtables. Uh, I love Trey Young and his game. Uh, I know he's one of the most polarizing players in the league. But I, I just love it. I think, you know, the rivalry he has with New York, I think everything I think everything about Trey Young is good for the league. Uh, so I, I love Trey Young. I, I talk about him highly, more highly than some other people do. But uh, I, I, I like Trey Young at 19. I think he's one of the best young point guards in the league right now. Uh, only getting better. We'll move on to 18. Who do you got at 18? At 18, I have. Rudy Gobert's teammate, Donovan Mitchell. I, I I like how you kept them together. I kept them together as well. I think I think they just go together. It's it's how it goes. Uh you can't talk about Rudy without talking about Donnie. Uh Donnie's, I think, obviously the leader of that team. He's the emotional leader and the leader. Like you get him the ball when they need a shot. We saw that in the bubble in that great series they had against the Nuggets, where it was him and Jamal Murray dueling. That was a year and a half ago or whatever. I guess it was just a year ago. I don't know. Time hasn't been real lately, um, but that was really fun. And then we saw in the playoffs where he wasn't hundred percent healthy, but he went out there, had big games against the Grizzlies, had big games throughout the playoffs. And just, I mean, they were one of the best teams in the league last year. There's no doubt about that. And it's because of the duo of Donnie and Rudy and Donnie leading the way. That's why he gets the edge over Rudy. Uh, he's so young and you can only expect him to get better. Uh, really, really fun player. And I, I think him coming at 18, it's a very, very uh, fair shout for old Donnie Mitch out of Louisville. Uh, who do you have at 18? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to have them right next to each other. Solid pick there. At 18, I've got Kyrie Irving. Uh, we talked about him last time that I was on uh, on the show. Uh, and no doubt one of the best point guards in the league when he is on the court. And I, I honestly, there's nothing about Kyrie's game that I, that I have a problem with. It's just how into basketball is Kyrie right now? And I think it's like an all-time low. I think he really just doesn't care about basketball right now. And that could change at any moment. And he could go all the way back up into the top 10 immediately. Uh, But I just, what I've known about Kyrie recently, seems like he just doesn't really care that much uh, about basketball. Uh, So 18 sounds about right for Kyrie. Uh, We'll see how the the season plays out. Uh, But, you know, Love Kyrie. He's gonna he's gonna get it figured out. We talked about it last time, but uh, some interesting stuff coming out of his count camp rate lately. Uh, we'll move on to seventeen. Uh, what do you got at seventeen? So what you just said, but I like him a little more. I have him at seventeen. Kyrie Irving. Uh, literally everything you just said. Control C, Control V. Get it right there. Uh, Kyrie's awesome. I've always loved Kyrie since he's a Duke. I've been a big fan of Kyrie. The Kyrie ones were like one of the first basketball shoes I ever bought. Still have them. The Wolf Gray, they're fantastic shoes. Um, it's just like you said, does Kyrie want to play basketball? There's all these rumors of he doesn't want to like play into his 30s, which is fine. Kyrie, do what you want. Uh, but when we're making these rankings, it's like, well, do I really want to keep bringing Kyrie further and further if he's not the Kyrie Irving of old? Um if if he like you said if he if he goes out there and plays like he should he's a top ten player, uh, but 
I think he's going to be a third fiddle of a really good Brooklyn Nets team. And if your third fiddle is the 17th or 18th best player in the league, that's terrifying. Uh, and that's what the Nets have. So we shall see. Um, who do you have at 17? Yeah, there's very few teams that can afford like what Kyrie is doing right now. And it's it's the Nets. Like the Nets are basically the only team that can do it right now. Uh, at 17, we talked about him very early. You talked about him very early. I've got Zion Williamson at 17. Uh, and I, I love Zion. And he's just so much fun because he's been so ridiculously hard to guard at every level of basketball at this point. And it was one thing when you're watching him against those like little white kids in high school, but then he started dominating D1 athletes at Duke. And then he started dominating pros in like the same exact way. And you're like, okay, this dude's just never going to be stopped. He's just one of those dudes that is just unstoppable. And we're just going to have to deal with him for the next 25 years. And and I think he's only going to get better as he gets more refined in his basketball skills, because he's always going to be that unguardable. So there's just nothing you can do to stop it. I I, I'm, I'm looking for Zion to just keep going up at this point. Uh, I think 17 is pretty much right for him. Uh, We will round it out at 16. Uh, Who do you got uh, rounding out your list this week? I really like Zion. Uh, I don't like Zion much, quite as much as you, mostly because I had to have job above him. That's just me being biased. Had to have job above him. Uh, but Zion is awesome. Uh, 16, uh, rounding out my list this week, I have from the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal. Uh, Brad Beal's awesome. Brad Beal nearly made it to next week, but I, I'm looking at the list. I There's just some guys that I thought were just – tad bit better uh they're in better situations and they're they're, i think they're gonna have longer seasons and i think that kind of plays a factor into it in my head i'm like well what teams are gonna be better how is he gonna i don't know gotta love the wizards but brad beal i don't know how much saving he can do for them because they're 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 probably gonna have a rough season uh but brad beal is gonna put on a show that's what he does really really good player uh just goes out there and puts on a show even though there's not much going on around him last year he had russ and was still his just as good he's played with John Wall for most of his career and he somehow took shine away from John Wall which is really hard to do um I'm excited to see the Brad Beal show this year that'll be something that everyone needs to get ready for because he's just gonna put up buckets it's what he does he's gonna continue to do it he's awesome I could see him averaging like 35 a game because the rock's just gonna be in his hand at all time and that 16 for Brad Beal might look extremely low in a couple months um who do you have at 16 uh, I will both look stupid then because I have Brad Beal at 16 as well. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. He's like maybe the best scorer in the league. You know, him and James Harden are right there battling it out. They're both 30 points per game scorers. That's unbelievable. He's just, you know, it is the Wizards that like drag down Bradley Beal. It's not the other way around. It's uh, I don't think of Bradley Beal as high because he's on a bad team. It's not be- because, you know, it's not the other way around. He's not. He's getting them to as as good as they can be, uh, and you know, it's just tough. You know, it's tough. He's he's a loyal guy. Uh, you know, there was the reports that Russ tried to talk him to getting going to L.A. with him, and he said no. Uh, you know, good for Bradley Beal, but also sucks for Bradley Beal because it sounds like you're kind of just stuck in Washington then. So uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how it is. He's he's gonna star in Washington, but. Uh, you're just not going to hear about it that much because they're not going to be playing much competitive basketball. So um, I think he's very, very talented, but uh, hopefully at some point he'll jump ship and then we can see like an an MVP level Bradley Beal, because I think he has the, uh, the ability to do something like that uh, if he were, were on a competitive team. 
You want to know my pitch for Bradley Beal on a competitive team? Because I want to give it. I've had this idea for several years now. I think the Memphis Grizzlies should go all in on getting Brad Beal next to John Morant. Because because you got Beal Street in Memphis. It's a natural (laughs) marketing fit right there. He's also just really good at basketball. And I feel like it would take a lot of stress off of Jaw. Jaw could go back to that natural facilitator, yes, because Brad Beal is so good at scoring, like we said. So if if Kleinsman is listening, start putting that together and you can throw me commission because I put the idea in your head. Because I know surely they've never thought of that. Hey, we should trade for the 16th best player in the NBA. That surely has never crossed their mind. <laughs> Maybe once or twice, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We will see that. I mean, that is a very interesting, it would give Memphis a very, very interesting one, two punch for years to come. So uh, that would be very interesting to see. Uh, all right. Awesome stuff. We'll be sure to have some content surrounding both of our lists coming your way and stay tuned for the next couple of weeks to reveal the remainder of our top 25. That's it for our main topics of the week. We will move on to this week in sports and get into some fun stuff that our teams have been up to. The Cardinals did whatever they have to do to get that September magic that they always have. And now they have stormed into the postseason. Uh, Michigan got a win over Rutgers while Tennessee uh, took a loss to Florida. The Titans are on a two game winning streak. Well, the Lions did the Lions stuff. Uh, where do you want to start this week? Uh, I want to talk about the Cardinals. All right, go. I want to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. It has been magic. I I don't want to bring 2011 into the conversation because that season was so magical. But even in that season, there wasn't a 17 game winning streak. Like I like you, people that have listened to this show, and I know you're all listening right now. You know I have given up on the Cardinals several times this year. I'm like, we're dead in the water. Nolan Arenado, is this guy even that good away from Coors Field? What's going on? Paul Goldschmidt, who cares? What are we talking about? Get Lars Newtbar more at bats. And that was a good idea, it turns out, because he's good. Uh, love Lars. Uh, but they, I, I really don't know what happened. I just remember on Labor Day, the Dodgers killed the Cardinals. And then I guess something, something just flipped, a switch flipped, and they decided to start winning. And deciding to, to start winning against the L.A. Dodgers is not an easy thing to do. Because as we talked about earlier, the Dodgers are really good. They're a super team comprised of some of the best players in baseball. And they decided we're going to start winning. And they did that. They, that's how they got games one and two of this winning streak was against the Dodgers in uh, the first week of September. And then it just went from there. Swept the Mets. A four-game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. A sweep of the Cubs. Uh I, they swept the Reds in there somewhere. I mean, just win after win after win after win. It was insane. And just seeing what Arenado did. Uh, and he talked about it uh, during All-Star Weekend. He was like, I came to the Cardinals to play meaningful baseball. And he had an interview in Saint, on St. Louis uh, Sports Talk Radio. And he said, we're going to play in the wild card game. And this is when the Cardinals were dead in the water. They're, everybody was like, what are you talking about? The Reds are on fire. There's the Phillies they're right in this hunt the Braves the Mets were still very much in contention at that point and that's before even the Javi Baez trade happened I mean there were so many teams that people were like the, they're above the Cardinals this team just got it to click they got healthy sort of sort of they're still not 100 percent Jack Flaherty missed most of these games Mike Nicholas came back in halfway through um, the pitching they did it with a pitching staff that can uh, that was comprised of John Lester, Adam Wainwright, and J.A. Happ. They're like the retirement home pitching staff. 
I don't know. It, it was just wild. And they all did a really good job. Um, it, it's just, it's, it, it's been a ride like no other. And I'm excited for it to keep going. I hate that it ended uh, last night against the Brewers, but got to win back today. Uh, hopefully they finish the season strong, maybe break off another winning streak in the next Wednesday against either the Dodgers or the Giants. Uh, go to California. Wainwright. Wainwright is always really good in the playoffs, knock on wood. Um, he goes to California, hopefully gets a big win, and the Cardinals can move into the playoffs. And we can just have fun talking playoff baseball on the Dylan and Dylan show. But, yeah, I I haven't had this much fun watching Cardinal baseball in a long time, especially regular season God, uh, Cardinal baseball. It, it's just been a ride. I, I I couldn't believe it. Every time I, I tune in and I, I tune in sometimes on the MLB TV that our boss gave us and, and sometimes just watching on Twitter. And it's just like, at some point, this has got to stop, right? At some point they can't just keep winning forever. And, and, and it just, you just did until, until you clinched that second wild card spot. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's when it'll end. Once, once it's all over, you know, once it's actually over, that's when the, the winning streak will end. It, the, something weird happened there. I don't even know. I want to know what you guys had to do to make something like that happen. Uh, I got to talk about the lions because we suffered a loss uh, that was just so emblematic of what it means to be a lions fan. And it's so emblematic that I, I you can take that whole last drive and you can break it up into three pieces and each version of each lions fan uh is represented in each play so you've got the the lamar the the fourth and 19 play uh where and we decide to take a timeout when they're running out of time to to make a play call uh lamar says that's a great 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 for us because then uh the lions then drop into prevent defense allow a 36 yard pass to to sammy watkins down to the 44 yard line so there's there's the one where you know, the Lions will do whatever it takes to, to let the other team beat them, even when, you know, ESPN was giving us a 99.9% chance to win at that point. The next uh, will be the Lions fans that think that the NFL hates us for some reason and, and that the refs want to, to do things to the Detroit for some reason. So there was obviously that delay of game that they did not call right before the field goal, right when uh, Lamar, after he spiked it, and right when Lamar threw that incompletion. I don't know why there's this certain subset of Lions fans that just are stuck on that play. That just were like that delay of game. That's why we lost the game. It's like, no, did you did you see the play before that or the very next play where Justin Tucker kicked a 66 yard field goal to win the game as it hit the crossbar and bounced in to make the to make the game winning field goal. That I think was a little bit more important than the delay of game that they missed. But that was that, and that was it. And that's where all the rest of us Lions fans live is. We will find a way to lose a game in the most dramatic, heartbreaking, weirdest fashion every week. We're trying, that is the goal of the Detroit Lions, is just to find the most interesting ways to lose football games. And that Ravens game was the, the emblematic version of it. Unbelievable. I, I honestly was just impressed. You know, Justin Tucker is a, is an unbelievable kicker. I can't, I can't believe. But when you, you you get a team when you when you have a team lined up at the other on the other side of the fifty yard line and they're and they're running out to kick the ball and as a fan you have to go you know they're gonna make this like we're, it's not it's not that he's Justin Tucker and the Ravens it's that we're the Lions he's going to make this kick 
and that and it was, it was and that was how it happened that was how the 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 final the, how it ended up playing out so uh i i'm happy that the rest of the nfl basically got to live the lions fan uh experience in that just one minute of nfl uh football because that is what it is that's what it's been for about 24 years of my life now so I'm very happy you brought the lines because I wanted to talk about this game because I didn't get to watch it live. I got to watch the last minute or so live because I was at the Titans game, watched the Titans Colts game, had a great time. Titans looked awesome. Uh, I think they played a lot better than the final score. We're not talking about that right now. I We're leaving our seats and we're up high in the 300s because we got last second seats. We're walking down and a guy stops us. I mean, this is hundreds of people walking down. He's like, hold up. The Ravens and Lions game is down to the wire. Justin Tucker's about to attempt a 66-yard field goal. I was like, oh, man, the Lions <laughs> don't deserve this. Please, no. Because Titans fans, spoiler alert, do not like the Ravens. And we're all like, hey, the Lions, they're about to beat the Ravens. Heck, yeah. And I was like, Justin Tucker's going to do it. This is unfortunate. I was like, they don't deserve this. The Lions do not deserve this. And I just remember a guy having his iPhone out and just a bunch of Titans fans. I think there were a few Colts fans sprinkled in, and we're just watching this on his phone, and it just it, it finds a way in. I was like, man, that is just unfortunate. I hate that. I hated that so much. But, I mean, it's it, it, it's a, a feeling like no other sports team can feel. I mean, it was it was right there with the the Aaron Rodgers hail mary. It's right there with the the uh, maybe the the Cowboys picked up flag the the falcons run off to end the game whatever whatever you know the the myriad of ways the lions have lost the seahawks batting the ball out of the back of the end zone when calvin johnson fumbled it the myriad of ways just add it to the list it was it was one of at least it was cool like we'll always remember like hey what was the longest field goal in nfl history oh yeah it was that game winner that justin tucker hit uh to beat the lions uh and and the best kicker of all time has his two longest kicks are both at Ford field. That's just like, that is the curse that the lions have, you know, the best, the best players will always do the best against us. Yeah. And if that, if that game was played in Baltimore, he probably doesn't make that field goal. No, it's in the dome and the no win scenario that, that helped it happen. And that, that is just tragic. And I, (laughs) I hate that for you and all the lions fans. At this point, you just, you you take it on the chin. You can't even you can't even be mad about it because it's like it's gonna happen again at some point. We're gonna we're gonna oh, top yeah. it. We're gonna top it again somehow in a few weeks and we'll 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 forget that this even happened. So uh that's the that's the fun of being a Lions fan. Uh at least yeah, yeah. uh hopefully hopefully uh we'll get a good pick out of it this year. <laughs> All right. Uh that'll do it for the review preview. Finally we'll get on to uh Back into the um, oh, I'm really excited to get back into the swing of the college football picks this week. We've got another three games lined up for you guys. Uh, I have us picking the Notre Dame versus Cincinnati game. Dylan has us picking the Arkansas versus Georgia game. And our fine followers on Twitter have us picking the UCLA versus Arizona State game. Uh, be sure to follow us at Dylan and Dylan Show on Twitter if you want to get involved in those polls. Next time, we will start with that Pac-12 showdown. Uh, Dylan, who do you got between the Bruins and the Sun Devils this week? So I really like Arizona State, or I liked Arizona State preseason. I haven't loved what they've been doing so far. Uh, 
UCLA has been fun. They've been really, really fun to watch. And uh, I think I'm going solely off that. I've had fun watching UCLA. I've not had a ton of fun watching Arizona State. So I'm going to go with the Bruins. They've got those nice uniforms. As you can tell, I don't watch the most Pac-12 football. My attention's more towards the SEC, the Big 12, Big 10, you know, the games that aren't on when I'm trying to sleep. Uh, but I, I like what UCLA's done. I, uh, I was really impressed with what they did against LSU early in the season. Um, that loss to Fresno State scares me because I know Fresno State's good, but I'm like, ah, are they, is this team legit? Is UCLA, are they to be reckoned with? Could they go and win the Pac-12? Probably not because Oregon is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think UCLA's the pick for me. Who you got, the Sun Devils or the Bruins? Yeah, this one was a tough one. It was the reason I put it in, like, the, the four is because it just seems like the most – balanced of any even though it's a ranked versus unranked matchup uh I like you know I've liked what UCLA has done obviously that win against LSU was good and I think they have a really good offense to run Chip Kelly's system the the talent that they have at like quarterback and the two running backs Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet really fit like a a Chip Kelly system I just like I think they're just primed for a, a Herm Edwards type upset you know the the I, I don't know what it is about but having co-term. He just – he gives me some type of, you know, extra like, okay, I think Arizona State can do it. I don't know what it is. It's just – maybe it's just Herm Edwards, but I think I'm going to take Arizona State just because of that. Uh, and maybe it's just the Herm over Chip Kelly fa- factor there. But I'll take Arizona State in an upset over UCLA. Uh, we will move on to Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. Uh, you saw one of these teams in person not too long ago. Uh, what do you think about the Fighting Iris versus the Bearcats? Yeah, I didn't see the Fighting Irish. I saw the Bearcats, and I wasn't super impressed with them. And they were not playing a team, or at least I don't think the team they saw they I saw them play was as good as Notre Dame. They might be. I hope Murray State's as good as Notre Dame. That'd be pretty cool. Don't think they are, though. Uh, I picked against Notre Dame last week. It made me kind of look dumb because they looked really good against Wisconsin. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I, I can never fall in love with Notre Dame. I always struggle to do that. They play good football, though. And I Cincinnati just – I don't know. Every week, I don't. Since that first week when they killed Miami, Ohio, I don't know. Something's looked off. I don't know if they they got in their own heads. I don't know what it is, but something just looked a bit off. It seemed like they should have done better against Indiana than what they did. Uh, Murray State. I mean, it was tied seven to seven at halftime. Love Murray. Love uh, um, guest former guest Preston Rice as much as anyone, but. Uh. So yeah. Uh. So you got Notre Dame in that one. Uh. With. I, I like – see, like – so the, the way I'm looking at this is both of these teams are, are really gearing for a playoff run now, especially with Clemson losing. Uh, both of these teams need to stay undefeated, and, and Cincinnati and Notre Dame both need to – you know, this would be one of their big wins left on their schedule. Uh, surprisingly, Notre Dame, you know, usually has a bunch of big games lined up, but, you know, teams like USC and Stanford aren't looking that good this year. So they need a win like this, but I, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't, I don't love Jack Cohn. And then we don't even know how, you know, healthy Jack Cohn's going to be coming into Saturday after what happened against Wisconsin. I, I, I still like Desmond Ritter better than I like Jack Cohn, uh, even if Jack Cohn's healthy. So I, I, I think this is, you know, it's tough to pick Notre Dame, uh, pick against Notre Dame in a game like this, but I am going to go with Cincinnati uh, to get the upset win and, and 
I think this puts Cincinnati on the trajectory to to sneak into the playoff, maybe if you know one of those SEC teams. Because right now, I think we're we're gearing towards Alabama and Georgia possibly making it now with with Clemson losing. One of those teams needs to lose so Cincinnati can sneak their way in at the end of the year. Uh, but I like Cincinnati against Notre Dame. Uh, and finally, the SEC matchup, big SEC matchup between the Razorbacks and the Bulldogs, uh, Georgia versus Arkansas. Who do you got in that game? Woo, pig, suey. Um, I picked I pick Georgia to win the SEC in our previews. I, I think Arkansas is going to beat them. Uh, Georgia, their most impressive win is against Clemson. I that might not be that impressive, it turns out. Everybody's like, well, Georgia's here. They beat Clemson. Now it's kind of like, yeah, so did NC State. Uh, Georgia Tech looked awfully good against Clemson. Uh, what are we talking about, Georgia? You beat them 10-3, to and it was off a of pick six. So that's a little bit concerning. Arkansas, on the other hand, has looked awesome against everyone, and they won the Texas State Championship, beating Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, I've got family down in Arkansas. I talked to family this week that said if 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 you pick the Arkansas game and you pick against them, you're not allowed back in the state. So I, I'm my hands are tied. I my cousin Scott, I hope you're listening. Um, I'm rooting for the Razorbacks as a, as I like to do. Family down there, uh, close to Little, little Rock, uh, Woopig Suey. I, I think Arkansas might win by double digits if Georgia doesn't get things right. I, I have not loved what Georgia has been putting on the field. I haven't. And I've really liked what Arkansas has done. So yeah, we'll pick Suey. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm still going to stick with Georgia just because it's tough for me to fall in love with Arkansas. I've liked what Arkansas has done. It's just, t- I mean, I, I still have, you know, bad memories of what Arkansas has been in the past few years. So uh, it's tough for me to fall in love with with Arkansas. I'm still going to go with Georgia. I'm rooting for Arkansas though. <laughs> like I said, I think that opens up the spot for Cincinnati to start making their way into the playoff uh, playoff picture. So I'm, I'm rooting for Arkansas to win that game, but I, I'm going to go with Georgia this week. So all three of our picks were opposite this week. So going to be, going to be a, a week to watch a weekend to be watching the scoreboard. Uh, so you can check out uh, posts uh, on our social media page, uh, the, the Twitter or Instagram at Dylan Dylan show uh, surrounding those picks. Uh, you can, you, you'll find those here shortly. Uh, but that is going to do it here for us at the Dylan and Dylan show presented by television sports. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we go? I do. I do have a final thought and I had to work it in somewhere. I didn't know where I would. So I'm going to do it right now because I just want to get your reaction because you have no idea what I'm about to say. I was scrolling through Instagram last night while I couldn't sleep. And this is usually something I would say at the beginning of the show, had to get it in here. Um, came across a picture and it was the Washington nationals from, it would have been 2018. And it was a bases loaded situation, and the whatever the other team was called uh, uh, called to the bullpen, and the three runners on base for the Nationals were Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, and Juan Soto. <laughs> In like thirty years, oh, man. kids are going to be like, "That's photoshopped. That's <laughs> not that that didn't happen. There's no way." And then you look at the rest of that roster. They had Anthony Rendon on that team. And then the pitching, uh, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, um, just stars all this. It makes sense why they won the World Series uh, the next year. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense. Those rosters always, you know, it's 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 teams like that when you're like, okay, the Nationals won it in 2018. 
those are the teams where you look back and those rosters ends up becoming the the rosters that you go, oh my God, because, you know, Juan Soto is going to be a generational type hitter. Uh, Trey Turner's already doing what he's doing. Bryce Harper might be winning his second MVP award this year. So uh, that's, that's insane. It is insane to think about that team. Uh, Nuts, nuts, nuts Nuts. stuff. (laughs) All right. uh, I want to make an upset prediction, not for my picks, but just, just want to throw it out there because I'm very bitter after this past weekend, Um, Florida beat Tennessee and Florida won by a lot. I can't remember what the finals. It was a lot. I turned the game off. I was like, I don't want to watch this. This is upsetting. Um, I don't think Florida's that good. I They put up a good fight against Alabama. I think if Kentucky plays good this weekend, um, I think Kentucky's good, and I've said that. I think Kentucky's going to beat Florida if they play good. That's my that's my asterisk. I, I like Kentucky against Florida. It's in Lexington. Um, they just have to play good. They, Kentucky's had some games where they've looked not great, but if they're clicking like they have, Ooh, the Wildcats are dangerous. And I, I think in Lexington, they play good defense. They get that offense rolling. Don't sleep on the Cats. And I'd really like to see Florida get a loss because I don't like those guys. But that's it for me. <laughs> uh, big weekend for my Michigan Wolverines going to Wisconsin this weekend, too. Uh, if you didn't if you didn't know, Michigan has not beaten Wisconsin in Madison since 2001. We've won a Big Ten championship. earlier than the last time we won in Madison, Wisconsin. So uh, this is a big weekend for my, for the maize and blue this weekend, even with the way Wisconsin has looked, Michigan has not been very good uh, at Wisconsin. So, uh, so I'm guessing jump around not on the playlist this weekend for you. It is not. (laughs) We're up big. One of my favorite moments was when Wisconsin comes to, Wisconsin comes to Michigan, we usually do doing pretty good. And last time we were blowing them out, the 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 person that runs the music at Michigan Stadium ended up uh playing jump around in like the third quarter. And it was it was a good troll. The the that it is very fun to play jump around when Wisconsin is losing because they're not jump Wisconsin fans are not jumping around at that point. Uh but yeah, that's gonna do it for us here at the Dylan and Dylan show. Uh you can find the show, like we said, the show's Twitter and Instagram at Dylan and Dylan Show. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore TV Sports, Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports, and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Uh I we hope you have a hun- wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there and we will meet you back here next week. We will see you guys later.